From Connext Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show all about businesses that are being built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. Maybe most importantly, we want to introduce these founders, brands, and businesses to the city they live in, their neighbors, to make sure Atlanta and those brands that call it home can thrive for generations to come. David Clapper and Eric Van de Steeg, or Dutch as he is better known, crossed paths in the radio industry in Atlanta. They shared a love for the outdoors and teamed up to create what they say is the first camper van rental and concierge service in the Southeast. You may bump into their fleet on the road, and it's hard to miss. The vans are bright orange, with the company's name proudly emblazoned on the side. This is the story of Scamper Van. I moved to Atlanta in the year 2000. I came to Atlanta working for a record company. I spent 22 years in the music business, actually. And uh, I had worked at some radio stations uh, in Memphis and Birmingham. Got an opportunity to uh, work at a label here in Atlanta. So I moved to Atlanta in 2000. I have officially lived in Atlanta longer than anywhere else, so this is home now. It's yeah. almost working on 20 years. Um, I worked for this record label for a couple of years and then got recruited to work for a local radio station. Uh, it just so happened, and this was ni- uh, 2002, it just so happened that who was going to be my assistant was Eric Dutch, <laughs> we call him, this gentleman right here, and that's, that's how he and I met. So uh, I came into the job. Uh, with, he was still in college. I actually went to his college graduation, and uh, we just developed a, a really good working relationship and a friendship that's uh, kind of lasted since then. What about yeah. you, Dutch? So same kind of thing. I, I was super excited to have Dave as a, f- a first boss back then. He <laughs> uh, wasn't my first boss, but you know, first boss I really cared for, and just gosh, what a what a great guy. Um, <laughs> I still think that. No, in all seriousness, you know, it's good to think that your boss is a great guy even after you worked for him, right? You know, yeah, <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> we, no, we have a good time. Um, it's one of those things where you know, anytime you start a business with somebody. You got to be able to know when to turn the friends on and off, and be able to. You know, we get hard business conversations. We yeah. and we turn that. We like, look, we got to talk through real hard stuff. So, um, was able. To, we were able to figure that out early on, which was great. Um, a little bit of my backstory, kind of flip flopping this, is that I'm actually born and raised in Atlanta, okay. um, from Marietta, and. Uh, lived in a few different parts of town, went up to Kennesaw State University, and always been uh, outdoorsy as far as that goes. Grew up in um, actually hunting camp with my dad, riding motorcycles around, and <laughs> just being out in the wilderness. And that's a big part of, of who I am. And so, um, fast forward, I've been in radio for really my whole career. Um, and then, uh, you know, making that work for a few different radio stations, worked for 99X for many years after leaving Cox with Dave. Um, so I had a lot of fun there, and then uh, over at uh, Entercom with 92.9 The Game, launched that station, and, uh, and here we are. Some companies are started in the midst of prosperity, but some in turmoil. If it wasn't for a speed bump in Dave's career in radio, Scampervan may have never gotten started. I was working in radio here in Atlanta for, it was at the time, 13 years. And yeah really out of the blue got laid off. I was a victim of a spreadsheet and it was just like, okay, 
uh, we're going to make some changes. Um, it was kind of a shock for me. Uh, at the time, I didn't know what I was going to do next. So I, um, I took a, my first job that was offered. I started working for a country music label, and I, you know, I did that for a little while, and I'm, I just it wasn't fulfilled in that. And just trying to think, okay, wh what is the next phase of my life? Um, I had rewind a little bit. I had about two years prior to that had gone on a trip out west with my son, who's nine, and my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we, who's now my fiance, but uh, we went. Congrats! Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, we went out west and we rented a van and we did Big Sur and we did. Um, we slept on a beach and we went to Yosemite and you know all these great national parks and yeah. just had this great experience. So in the time where I kind of was not working. Uh, had some friends that wanted to do a trip, um, a surf trip near the Outer Banks. So I'm like, I'm going to rent a van. I'm going to throw the surfboards up on the van, and we'll meet you there. And I started looking, and uh, I couldn't find anything. And that's kind of where I was like, oh, you know, the proverbial um, light bulb. goes off, the yeah. light bulb goes off at the top of your head, and you're like, hold on, I got an idea. Um, and I just kind of started kind of putting together what I thought would be a cool business idea. I, uh, I called Dutch to lunch because we hadn't seen each other in a while. You know, life takes you in certain paths, and we hadn't talked in a little bit. So we went right. to lunch, and he was kind of like, so what's, what are you going to do? You know, what's next? I'm like, well, man, I, here's my idea. And he kind of lit up, and he just looked at me like, really? Like, <laughs> that sounds awesome. And I'm like, I kind of don't want to do it by myself. Uh, you <laughs> want to do it with me? And he's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, wow. yes, please let's, let's figure this out. And you know, for me going into some, kind of the unknown and you know, I, I listen to your show and I hear these guys, oh, I was born entrepreneur. I wasn't my sure. dad, my dad was an entrepreneur, but I never really thought, you know, I, I guess spending a lot of years in the music business, I just thought I'd always be in the music business hmm. and I would just work for other people. And that would just be the way it was. So for me, it was like, really scary to do it by myself and uh you know to have somebody that i'd known for a long time had a lot of respect for somebody who um i knew had a huge background in the outdoors we always we always joke about dutch our group of friends where it's you know we always say hey what's up man 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 hey you're such a man because he's like the manliest man i know he's kind of like macgyver meets uh Bear Grizz or bear grills yeah. like yeah. i mean really so it was like for me i'm like you're interested? Cool, because I don't know how to fix things, and you do. <laughs> so uh, this this might be an actual cool partnership. Yeah. yeah, Dutch. Yeah, take me to that to that meeting. I mean, Dave just made it sound like there was no hesitation. But, but what's going on in the back of your head when this guy? You know, obviously he's a little vulnerable. He's out of work. You know, he's kind of looking for that next step, and he presents this idea to you. Like, what 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 are the thoughts that are that are going through there? Um, just like you would expect, there's a, a you know a fire load, right? You're, yeah. you're going on all cylinders. First of all, it's holy crap, this is an awesome idea. Sure. And we have to do it. You know, I've known Dave so long. You know, he's super smart. And when he gets a fire under him, you know, there's no <laughs> there's no holding him back on on anything. And he's always been that way. Uh, and it, and so, which is an entrepreneurial trait, by the way, Dave. It so is. I'm still on yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. Like, you know, when we yeah. worked together, he'd have these ideas back in, you know, when we were in radio, and you're like, oh, I want to do this. And then, boom, you know, the next tomorrow, like, we'd be doing it. Sure. Um, and he'd figure out ways to do it. And there was, you know, nobody could hold him back. And he'd always go to management and fight for whatever he believed in. And um, it was, he's always been that way just to say, let's do it. 
Um, so he's an easy guy to get behind, regardless of, of those things. Um, but you know, with this particular idea, just it checked all the marks, right? As we were talking through it, um, there was a need for it. It's it's super fun. Like we saw the the arc of man, this is this is definitely what people are going to be wanting to do. Yeah. Um, and then you know, obviously the me. I think another thing is why we work well together is because he's the eternal optimist. Than the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial side, and, and you're I the am buzzkill. Totally yeah. the buzzkill. <laughs> is the buzzkill all the time. Oh my god, I'm a horrible buzzkill, and I know I am. Like, right? Uh, I mean, we'll be sitting. Like, we were just sitting on the couch. He's like, I want to do this. And I'm like, it's a horrible idea. You know, I never say it like that. Um, and it's not always a horrible idea. It's a great idea, but like sometimes the timing's just not yeah. right. And so I'll be like, well, what if we? What if we? What if right. we do this? You know, you massage so, it a little bit. And so, yeah. you know, for me, it's like we we meet in the middle, and so I, you know. When we had that, when he brought it up, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going pessimist as well. I'm <laughs> hearing all that. Well, what if this and what if that and 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 those kinds of things, which also makes me good at my job in some ways because I think of all the things that can go wrong, and then we say, sure. all right, screw it. Let's now that we know all these things, we plan for them and get around them. Yeah. Um, but it was those things. It was like, man, well, what if it, uh, you know, what if we buy all these vans? Because we were we were bootstrapping it, right? So we're like, mm. we're figuring out how to buy these vans, and we're buying the first two vans out of our own pocket, um, <laughs> you know. So there's a lot of risk there because it's an asset business. It's not like it's just you know, starting it online. Right. Um, and so all of those things, and and uh, it's scary, you know. I had a job, so I'm not in the same place as like. Wow, I have to find something to do. Um, so you know, you know how that is. It's a different spot when you're when you need something, and when you're you know you got a job, you're in a different place. Sure. Like finding a job is easier when you have one, right? Yeah. Um, and so all those things were going through my mind, and and it just ended up like I you know, talking to my wife and everything else. Like I got to make this work. Hmm. You know, I, there's you know, just looking at what is what do I want my future to be? Do I want it to be in this business? Do I see myself with Dave, um, you know, because like you said, we hadn't talked in a little bit. Um, and it was like, do I see myself working with Dave for literally the rest of my life? Because, you know, you start a business and, right. you know, sometimes it may not be. We, you sell yeah. the business, whatever happens, whatever. Sure. But basically, we're getting ready to, to jump into it. You got to look term. at it as a marriage, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so do yeah. I want to get married to Dave and, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, our lives be intertwined for like yeah. forever um, mm-hmm. and take a risk on this business? And after thinking about it, it was emphatically yes. It's like, hmm. you know, all the things worked. We've been able to work together so well. I trust him implicitly. And, you know, I feel like we can make this work. So it was, you yeah. know, called him up and we we're just like, let's, you know, let's do it. Let's do it. So the conversation happens. Uh, how do you start doing it? What are the few, first few steps? Um, so this started in, I guess, the conversation really, the, the idea hit in May of 2016. Okay. Um, and I am, I'm the type of person that gets something in my head and I just don't want to overthink it. I just want to make it happen. <laughs> so it was really almost instantaneous that I'm like, okay, got to find the first van. So, um, didn't know what kind of van we wanted to build. Um, just kind of looked around and, uh, you know, I just, I, I didn't know. Um, I was sitting at the Highland Bakery on Highland Avenue and uh, a little Nissan NV 200 drove by. I was there with my fiance and I was like, what is that van? I'd never seen it. It was just a little tiny cargo van. And I, uh, I've sat there at that moment and I searched it and I found a guy who builds on this platform and I immediately called him and started the conversation going, 
I'm really interested in this vehicle and interested in potentially launching a business based on this vehicle. And he, of course, was very enthusiastic. Is this a local guy? No, not local. Okay. It's None of this stuff is local. Sure. I mean, you'll see a lot of this stuff out Hence west. Hence the problem. Hence the problem. Yeah, right. Builders, renters, like the whole van life experience, which is blown up thanks to social media. Yeah. It's not something that has really taken off in the southeast. <laughs> so for us, it was kind of like, all right, here's a great opportunity because we're ahead of the curve. Um, but you know, when he would come in with the pessimistic th thing, he'd be like, well, maybe there's a reason nobody's here doing it, you know? And I'm like, no, no, the only reason Buzz is because kill. nobody's got any guts, you know? And he's like, no, maybe there's another reason. I'm like, no, there's no other reason. Um, so <laughs> that was our first head I'm like, well, why don't we do some research? I mean, you know, we can lean on some other companies that have done this, you know, there's REIs, like how many yeah. REIs are here versus other cities? Like, let's look at some people that have done this research for us before. He's like, yeah. no, nope, we're just doing it. Yeah, we're All just right. going to do it. We're yeah. going to do it. So um, I, at that you point... You guys really are made for each other. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, at that point, I had sold my house in Grant Park in okay. a great, sweet spot. You know, yeah. I made a ton of money. So I was I was sitting on some cash. Um, I had time off. And I'm like, all right, well, this is the van. Um, so we, uh, I guess at that point, we decided, all right, we're going to build our first van. And for me, I'm impatient. You know, it's like, okay, I want this van by this date, and then I want to drive it cross country, take yeah. all these great photos, and you know, <laughs> and nothing was working out right. You know, the timing was way off, and the build took a lot longer than anticipated too. Yeah, we the builder the builder was not ready for us. So builders genius is recon campers uh, that builds for us uh, on this model, and he just he wasn't ready brilliant engineer but engineering everything to the nth degree getting ready to work with nissan to actually sure. you know, sell these things and everything was taking a lot longer than than we anticipated so and then it was a scramble to find you know what that first van will be like if we can't get that van by the time we needed it yeah. um which actually worked out i think pretty well because we were able to focus on the business the business model um branding sure. design and some of the things that we really needed to get together before we could even do that <laughs> much to dave's chagrin oh my god was... <laughs> and that's when i had the great idea of going hey let's just go buy an old volkswagen van mm -hmm. we'll put our logo all over it and get people excited let's build the brand before the business starts so that way people are like man i can't wait for this sure um, and so I talked him into going and searching uh, for a Volkswagen. We found a Volkswagen Eurovan. It was a 99, I think, and we found it down in Florida. So we flew down there, um, test drove this thing. We're like, it was beautiful. I mean, we were so excited. I mean, we were like kids, you know, like, oh, this is great. And, you know, thank God I had him. He's looking underneath the yeah. van. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, you know, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm kind of the, I don't know, I'm I'm the idea guy, not that he's not, but he's, you know, the the guy, again, like fixes things yeah. and makes sure things are right and all that. But he apparently missed something because as we signed over the check and they signed the title, we're pulling out of the driveway of this vehicle after spending a day in it and the check engine light comes on. Yeah. My first inkling, by the way, on this was I was underneath it. And there was, uh, you know, it looked like some old oil was under there. And I found a leftover screwdriver that somebody had left. And I was like, hey, man, is this yours? He's like, I don't know where that's coming from. I'm like, oh, man. And, you know, he assured us everything oh, was good with the van. Um, and, and, so, and let's be honest. You were just so excited. You yeah. just flown to Florida. The thought of 
hopping another plane and coming back to Atlanta was terrifying. It was not. It, it was kind of wasn't an option. It was yeah. like we were there and we were gonna come home with this van. Yeah. Like regardless, even if we had to do a little bit of work, which we knew we would have to do. It was an older van. Sure. We knew there was some work involved, but we first went to uh, the advanced auto parts. Went to an auto shop. So we called an auto shop. This was like at, at, towards the end of the day, like six yeah. o'clock, right? So we go to an advanced uh, auto shop to do the, ch the test and you know, check diagnostic. to see what's going on, the diagnostic, yeah, see what's going on with it. Oh, there's like a misfiring cylinder. Oh, and then the, the owner knows a mechanic. He's like, oh, I know a mechanic who works out of his house. We drive over there, it's dark at this point. Um, you know, we're getting tools and stuff and, and he decides that he can do it. He's gonna have it fixed the next day. Well, the next day it didn't get fixed. Uh, Dutch had to fly back to Atlanta. I obviously had some more time. My fiance yeah. flies down. She's like, I'll keep you company. You know, so mm -hmm. we're like, make a little vacation out of it. it right. Fast forward four days later, the van's done. Awesome. We're good to go. Hop in the van. My fiance is taking her car back to the rental car place um, by the airport. We're driving down the road. Suddenly it starts smoking and like oil shooting all over the place, just pouring out of the van. And I'm like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? I mean, I'm leaving, I have, the, like I own this van. Yeah. And after four days of kind of ups and downs on this little roller coaster ride, I get to this gas station and there's no oil left in the van. And I'm like, um, I call the guy back and I'm like, meet me back at the mechanics, bring my title, um, or uh, bring my check, um, signing the title back over you. This yeah. I can't buy this thing. He, this guy had, I mean, he did not have to do it. I mean, yeah. he, didn't it. he didn't have to do anything. He could have said, sorry, it's on, it's on you. Right. He actually took the van back, signed the title back over to him. He, he tore up our check, which was a wow. $22,000 check, <laughs> you know, cash that, you know, we were just putting it out there to start yeah. the business. So dodged a bullet in a big way. Huge way. Yeah. That could have been really bad because not only did he not have to do it at all, but he paid for all those repairs as well. Wow. So the owner of the previous owner of the van. So like during the whole process, we really lucked out with the grace of, of this. You owner. guys essentially got a mulligan. A yeah. big time mulligan. Huge yeah. mulligan. Yeah. And at wow. that point it was like, okay, maybe we need to wait a second. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it, what it took at to that get point, Dave you, to slow down a minute. You were like, okay, so we'll, we'll hold, we'll hold off for the Nissan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at and, that point. And that's what we ended up doing. And again, the timing was bad. You know, it was like, okay, I couldn't get it till late November. I'm like, great, I'm going to drive cross country. What kind of pictures am I going to get in November? You know, and the yeah. whole idea is that I was going to get it wrapped with our logo on it, drive it cross country, get these majestic photos. Sure. Um, and, I, and I was able to. I mean, Utah, Joshua Tree, it didn't matter what right. time of the year it was. Got some beautiful photos that we still use in a lot of our marketing stuff. All off his iPhone, too. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the early stuff, I was really impressed with all the photos that we launched with were off of his iPhone yeah. just coming across the country. Listen, and, you use what you have. Totally. Yeah, you know? And yeah. the whole goal at that point was, okay, we need to build a story to then go to our friends. Um, we had decided we were going to do an Indiegogo campaign. <laughs> so we're like, all right, we're going to need more cash for another van. We don't have it. So let's get these great photos, you know, offer up this great opportunity to be a yeah. part of the business um, as it gets started. And of course, you know, we hired a videographer to do our sizzle reel, the whole thing. And, and the goal was launch it by Christmas. We ended up launching it in January, which of course is the worst time of the year to launch some kind of fundraising campaign. And so you wanted to launch with at least two vans. Ideally, yeah, we yeah. wanted to launch the business okay. with two, two vans. I gotcha. So, um, so we did, we started the Indiegogo campaign in January of 2017. 
Uh, we raised about $26,000, I mm-hmm. think, just friends and family, uh, which we thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then by the grace of God, I got a phone call from some marketing company that wanted to take and profile the side hustle. Uh, <laughs> what does the side hustle look like for people? Um, so we were kind of a finalist in this competition with this national brand, yeah. national food brand, um, and did these phone calls, interviews, whatever. And they were like, hey, the grand prize is $20,000 to your Indiegogo campaign. And we're like, wow, all right, cool. Yeah. And we were chosen. And wow. they, they sent down a film crew, um, a director, a producer from <laughs> New York, like filmed for three days our lives. They filmed us here at Switchyards, you know, just our daily, what our life looked like and gave us (laughs) $20,000. And um, it was like, wow, what the heck just happened? And with that 20 grand, we were able to get ourselves into a second van. (laughs) So we launched in March, 2017 with one. By June, we had our second van. And then we were off to the races. When you launch with one van, do you guys have enough traction with friends and family that your, your van is booked immediately and, and you're basically, you need that second van right off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, from day one, from van one to van two, 2017 was frustrating because <laughs> there was so much enthusiasm and excitement based on the marketing that we had done. Yeah. Um, the fact that it was so new to the area. Um, I mean, we came into switch yards and, and did, um, the, the consumer show yeah. and, and just got people really excited about it. So the vans were gone all the time. <laughs> so it was like at that point, we're like, and this is frustrating because we, if we had five vans, we still sure. couldn't meet the demand. Sure. And uh, so, you know, right away we knew we're on to something. We want to take a minute to talk to one specific group of young artists and entrepreneurs. If you're from Atlanta and are a musician or know a great one, we want to hear from you. It takes a lot of music to produce an audio-only show, and we would love nothing more than to fill this program with local artists. Of course, you'd get your name on the end of the show as well. If you're interested, drop us a line to info at atlborn.com. That's info at atlborn.com. With low van inventory early on, Scamper Van was logistically a fairly straightforward business to run. So the team focused on its early marketing strategy, and for two marketing professionals, the goal was a clear one. For me, it was like, build the brand, build the brand, build the brand. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, I just wanted people to be excited about Scamper Van. Mm-hmm. And then when they come to our website and it wasn't available, it was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. that will help build the enthusiasm for the brand as well. So sure. it was easy to do that at a low cost because you know, we think about social media and Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, and then word of mouth, of course, because he and I have both been connected in the city in an industry that is super um, ingrained in so many different things yeah. in the community uh, that for us, it was really easy to spread word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were starting to get articles in local newspapers and, mm-hmm. you know, people reaching out to us wanting to do stories. We got a feature on CNN's headline news. You know, all this stuff was happening, like, right from the beginning. Yeah. So our marketing spend was low, but um, it, it was really kind of all about the branding of the business. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what is Scamper Van? Letting people know, because there's no van rental lifestyle here in the Southeast. Sure. So we had to like educate people. Like, what is this? That you know, was our big thing from the beginning was education. Um, yeah. And I think that's why it worked out so well on the PR front because, you know, yeah, we have marketing backgrounds, but the van itself, having 
having the van and I think just the marketing background of being the look and the feel and making the van look the way it does really help because I think it draws people in and we were able to get a lot of that those requests like the the headline news piece came over just same thing like somebody saw yeah. I think the producer saw the van saw us on Facebook and was like man this is cool and she reached out to reached out to us on Facebook and so you know luckily the van kind of sells itself because of the uniqueness because right. nobody knows what it is and that education process that we have to do um, I think that was our, our biggest learning, our curve really was the marketing part we get, the education, it's like how do we turn this into educating people on what it is and how, how it is. Mm -hmm. um, and then getting the van in front of people was another thing because you can talk about it. I mean, we can say, hey, we have a really cool van you can sleep in. Yeah. And like, is it down by the river? You know, like, <laughs> what is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, having a van that we can actually bring and show you where you can walk through, um, that's our biggest thing. So, like, we would show up at Caffeine and Octane. Um, Summerfest. On weekends, Summerfest. Like, any event we could do, that really helped that grassroots and yeah. that word of mouth because uh, getting people to get inside, and that's one thing that we require. So we would, you know, we set up a little campsite, a little, uh, you know, propane fire, and we bring free s'mores to anybody that comes by. So nice. the kids love it, right? And they bring the parents over, and it's like, that's what we want. We want you to bring your kids out. Another reason we, you know, we started the business, not just because the outdoor piece, um, but I want to make sure we get to it, is that we want to get people outside. Hmm. Um, I think that one thing that is forgotten in the Southeast especially is that the... The Chattahoochee runs right through the city, right? right. And the national, the, uh, the parks that you can go to um, are right through the city and so much. Mm -hmm. and, and we're an hour and a half from the mountains and from beautiful waterfalls. Yeah. And people forget that. Um, or they don't know about it. You know, we get so stuck in being in the city yeah. and what's going on that we really want to help people get outside. We want to help bring nature to people and bring people to nature in a way that uh, is easy for them and will obviously, and, or eventually rather, help them protect it. Um, because you can say, ooh, bugs are gross and I hate outdoors. That's not going to help you protect it when the sure. time comes. But if you have a great time with your family outside and you have those memories, then you'll really move to protect it. I think great. one of the other inspirations for me when starting the business, too, was, I, you know, I was living in the city. My son was a Boy Scout, Cub <laughs> Scout, and we go to scouting things. And, I, you know, I grew up camping. I've always taken my son tent camping. It's always been a part of my life. But I would see all these in-town dads that work really, really hard, that would show up on a weekend camp out, or maybe midday Saturday and leave first thing on Sunday with their $900 REI tent with no idea what to have. They didn't have any of the gear. And I was like, wow, how simple can we make it for folks to bond with their kids or friends yeah. to get outside. If we create a product that not only has the van a sleeping apparatus, but also everything that you need in it yeah. to just hop in it after your long day of work, go into the mountains, uh, enjoy your weekend and come back and we come pick right. it up. And, and that's where we built the delivery service, you know, all the concierge that we offer with it is just make it super simple so that people can just go out and have experience because experience with your family in the outdoors is, is just, I mean, that's priceless as far as I'm concerned. I want to come back to two decisions that you guys made that for me, and, and it's like you said, when, when people see the van, the, the actual visual of the van, the wrap, the color scheme you chose, and then the name you chose. How did you come up with Scamper Van? And what uh, what led to the decisions to use the bright orange um, kind of 
uh, the color scheme that you ended up going with. Well, I can speak to both of those. And if I don't give my friend Nick Tapp credit, oh, yeah. he's going to get really, really mad. True. So we were at Shaky Knees Festival. So this yeah. was, again, May 2016, when the when the idea came together. Uh, Nick is a friend of ours um, who's been in the marketing world for a long time. Yeah. We were at the festival. We were drinking. I'm like, I'm going to start this camper van company. And he's like, cool. Uh, you know, he's not a camper um, <laughs> at all, <laughs> uh, but he's really creative. And we started kind of like just shooting out names. And, I, you know, I don't he says he said scamper first. I don't I think maybe I said it first. But regardless, <laughs> Nick was involved. Uh, and it, in, in the initial uh, initial idea of it was like, OK, scamp, you know, scamp away, right. you know, whatever. And it was like scamper van. Oh, and then we'll do it with a K. And which really was a dumb idea. Thank God we scratched <laughs> that pretty quick. Um, so it was just kind of a moment, just a, one of those moments, you know, you're sure. just drinking with your friends at a festival and it, boom right. and it stuck. And I was like, I love it. Um, do you remember any of the losers of the, of the conversation? No, no, no. Man, yeah. No. Again, there was alcohol involved. Okay. So only the one you. that that one that made it out of there. I got um, you. All right. There were. Uh, I'm sure there were a ton because we were just shooting stuff out. And for me, orange. Um, really, kind of the initial idea of using orange as our main color was thinking of the old classic Volkswagen, bu- or B- Volkswagen buses. Bus. You know, yes. the the bus, the campers, whatever. That bright orange. That just the the color orange just emanates happiness. Hmm. And uh, so thinking about, okay, the old Volkswagen uh, buses, which is really the inspiration. I mean, if you look in our logo, it's an, it's an orange bus-like camper that looks very similar to what a Volkswagen would, lo- would have looked like. So that was really the inspiration behind all of it. So that's where o- the orange came from. And then we just wanted to really kind of incorporate other colors that um, just made the logo pop. And we really lucked out with a great graphic designer and came up with something that we feel really, really proud of in regards to the logo of the business. That, that was a fun process, was the designer, to, and as we're talking about it. So we actually used um, Logo Tournament. Um, of all places. So we didn't go to a designer here locally. We ended up doing Logo Tournament. Which, by um, the way, we have a lot of friends that do this. I know. And they were not happy with us. <laughs> they were not happy They're like, us. why didn't you let us do it? And we're yeah. like, well, because you cost $800 right. and Logo Tournament was $800. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was, I think we, we offered up like $600 or something like that. But either way, I think part of it too was that, you know, you get you have a time where you really want to use your, your connections and your friends to do things for you. And then there are other times where it's, it's kind of personal, right? So what if we don't like anything that you do? Um, and sometimes, you know, you have friends and you love all of their stuff, but you don't want to get in that weird place of, we get a whole sheet full of options that we love like none of, and we got to go somewhere else. Like, sorry, man, I love you, but no, you got to separate business and friendships. Yeah. So this is kind of our first little foray into that. It's different if you're doing uh, other things anyway. So we, we chose to do logo tournament just to see what we got. Worst case scenario. We didn't like any of them. We could move on. Right. Right. And then, and then go somewhere else. Um, so we got a whole bunch of, uh, of ideas. Got a hundred different logos to look at. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We got a whole crap load. So, you know, with those things, if you've never done it before, um, you know, you can do the no money and give them 50 bucks or whatever, and you're going to get a $50 logo right. from the designers that are out there. You give them more money, you're going to get a better logo. So they say, yeah, get a bunch of logos for cheap. You can do that. But on those things, just as advice for people doing it, put the money behind it. You're yeah. going to get everything that you need. You're going to get what you pay for. Sure. Um, we ended up go, getting a guy from um, Romania. Romania. Yeah, he's <laughs> from, he lives in Romania, young yeah. guy. 
um, and he worked with uh, with somebody else out there, and he was kind of just getting started, but he came back with some really awesome ideas. Um, and one of my big things was the the triangle. I wanted that because that's the camp sign. If you look at maps, <laughs> yeah. right, it's the little tent triangle. Yeah. So that was incorporated in the logo on purpose. Um, the triangle was a big was a big piece of that. Just kind of throws back to the map. And then you know we sure. went back and forth on a lot of those different ideas and really landed on this and and got lucky because he was a professional. Uh, he gave us a whole logo sheet with all of our different PMS colors and <laughs> um, the breakout. It's you know vector logo and stuff. So really good yeah. experience with something that you know some people guess about but uh we can you know i mean that's worked out for us yeah tell me uh so you you've got the branding piece in place now you've got your logo uh, presumably you start wrapping the vans that's done you talked about inventory was was being booked pretty quickly what's your first major hurdle after okay you've got your product is out there. Your branding is done. People are using your vans. What's that first thing that you went, oh, crap, I didn't think about that? Well, we were pretty fortunate in the first year in the sense of um, the, the only – because people would ask often, like, how's it going? Good. What do you need? More vans. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that was our big problem. I mean, we were profitable. Probably still is. Still is. Yeah. Still our problem. Yeah. Uh, we were profitable from day one because, I mean, the vehicles didn't cost much. And, you know, they were booked out every weekend, weeks at a time, whatever. I mean, we were making money. And um, and we really, you know, there's some struggles. you got to find insurance, the proper insurance. you got to find the back-end system. You know, we designed our own website. So kind of going through the, the struggles of, finding the sweet spot on the website, you know, all those little things. But yeah. um, I, I felt very blessed. I mean, we had so many things just kind of fall into place for us that first year um, that made it really, really exciting to look at what the next step was. Because uh, like I said, I mean, we were making money from day one and how many, yeah. how many companies can say that sure. now granted our inventory was low our overhead was none because i was still i was still working i took a job working for creative loafing um he was working you know not pulling, making money means we were covering the bills right. And, yeah. right. and everything but i mean yeah it was still yeah we weren't pulling any, any money from it or anything like that yeah so and it worked out perfectly you know because he was working i was working um we did notice you know as we got closer towards the end of that year like okay, well, we're going to have to get to a place where um, we can sustain this on a level that we can actually make some money off of it so we can put aside some of the other, the other, uh, stuff. The other yeah. stuff. Like for me, he had a much better job than I did. You know, I was at a fledgling arts um, newspaper, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. uh, he had a better job than me. I'm like, okay, we got to get to a place where you know, I can maybe pull a salary so I can leave that behind and focus on this 100% yeah. of the time. But to be honest with you, we were very fortunate. We didn't have a whole lot of headaches uh, outside of just kind of going, okay, well, what's the next step? You know, yeah. um, are these vans the vans that we want to keep on making? Uh, and that was, a, that was a question we had we had to face. You know, you talked about that this industry existed in other parts of the country, not necessarily the Southeast. How did you come up with your first pricing structure? Was that a struggle for you to, to think about? okay, are people in the Southeast going to pay what people in California pay for these vans? Like what, how do we come up with that first initial offering that's not going to scare people away? Yeah, we, we actually, that was one of our uh, discussions we went back and forth on as well. Um, I think my thing was we're offering a premium service with a premium van that nobody else is offering. Hmm. Um, and I wanted to go high and yeah. go after, you know, high money and say, not like high money, but just, 
affluential, you know, people that can afford to, to pay to get a van delivered, yeah. fully stocked, full of everything. Like we're offering a premium concierge service that nobody else in the country is offering. Right. Um, and Dave, you know, I think wanted to go on the lower end. He's like, let's just get it out there. Let's do cheap, not cheap, but like reasonable, you know, starting, we started at $99 a night. Um, and, uh, and to get it out there is to get people to try it. Cause we really have to get people to on board to establish a market <clears throat> yeah, and establish and, demand. Yeah. And he was totally right. I mean, on that, I mean, we, you know, getting out there and getting the van out there was the most important. Um, but yeah, we, we still struggle with that. You know, yeah. there's nobody else really doing it. There's one other company doing it here um, that's from the West Coast now, but there's the vehicles are not even close to the same. Uh, <laughs> they don't deliver. They don't offer nearly what we do. Um, and so, they're not local. They're not local. <laughs> yeah, they're not local. Um, and it's and so it's it's really completely different. So we still struggle with that because we yeah. could probably command a higher rate, um, but. At the same time, we would rather be fully booked, have people have a great time, because again, we go back to our main mission, and that's getting people outside <laughs> and having having them have a good time. The worst thing you can do is have somebody say, "Man, it was really good, but I didn't get what I paid for." Yeah. You know, yeah. like, man, I was, I just yeah. really, I paid, a, that was a lot of money for that weekend, and I didn't have as much fun, or it rained, and it wasn't, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, so it's more important for us to get people. In, have a great time, come back and be like, holy crap, that was totally worth it. Yeah. A wonderful time, and we can't wait to do it again. You guys both happened to be in Atlanta when you started this company. So it's natural you know, to, to not move to start it. You felt like there's a need here. What advantages have, and challenges have this market and being in this city uh, brought to you? Well, I think for us, one of the – it's interesting – I mean, we obviously market and target to the Atlantans. Mm-hmm. Um, we want Atlantans to get outside and go up into the mountains, go down to Providence Canyon, go to the beaches, go to the music festivals. I mean, we love Atlanta. We want Atlanta people to experience this. The thing is, van travel is very big internationally, <laughs> uh, like very big internationally. You go to Australia or New Zealand or Europe. I mean, there's a company in Europe that is a $100 million a year camper van company. <laughs> and that's because that's the way people travel over there because you can drive everywhere. Yeah. You know, you, you grab your van in Spain and you can go to France, England and Germany in one weekend. Right. You know, for us, you know, being such a hub and having an international airport that says, great as Hartsfield Jackson Um, you know being in Atlanta we're getting a lot of international travelers because it's easy to fly into Atlanta and we meet them at the airport we meet them at the airport we show them how to use the van they go I mean we've had families come in from the Netherlands Um, just had a guy and his son come in from Australia took it for two weeks you know just kind of touring around so you know that's a big benefit the challenges in Atlanta is people are so busy Uh, And it's become, um, you know, just this busy, grinded out city. Uh, It's trying to get people to realize how important it is to stop and slow down a little bit. Um, You know, the the great thing I love about the younger generations, the millennials and even below that, they want to make time. They're like, you know, boss, I'm done. I need a couple of days. You know, the Gen Xers and above, they're just work, 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 work. So, you know, trying trying to express the importance of connecting not only with nature's but connecting with family and friends yeah. in um in nature or whatever is just so important so just you know the challenge is just trying to get people to slow down a little bit mm-hmm. um teach them a little bit about what we offer um, but the advantages are definitely it's it's a you know international city and it's easy to get in and out of and we have 
within five hours, so many beautiful destinations from the beaches of Georgia and and South Carolina to Florida to up in the Western North Carolina, Virginia, the Smoky Mountains. Great Smoky Mountain National Park is the most highly trafficked national park in the country, which is hard to believe because (laughs) it's not quite as grand as Arches or something like that. But it's people want to go there and experience yeah. that if you if somebody's never seen your van and you've got you know a couple minutes to tell them exactly what you're getting and what that package includes give me the give me the sales pitch well we have three different models currently okay. we have a four passenger pop top small little compact van uh, that comes with a refrigerator an outdoor shower a sink um, really fully loaded, everything you need. And everything in, you need inside with a stove and camp chairs and sleeping bags. I mean, pretty much you hop in, you bring your food and your clothes, and that's it. Yeah. We'll even go get your food for you. I mean, we'll stock. I've done that. I had a woman fly in. She gave me a grocery list. I went and filled up her van. She came to the airport. Her and her kids hopped in. They were ready to go. Um, we have a, a two-passenger van, which is great for couples or friends. It's just two-passenger because it's got two seat belts. It's got a large queen-size bed in the back. It's on the ProMaster um, chassis. It's uh, big and comfy and quaint. It's like an Airbnb on wheels. It's really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, and then now we're realizing, well, we've got big families that want to get in there. Do you have anything for five people do you have anything for you know four people with more space so we've got a new one that's uh it's got two beds inside and it's got a rooftop tent that you climb up a ladder and you go up on top the key is though we're not rvs and we try to tell people we create vans that allow you to be off the grid you know people say do you have air conditioning and heat well no because then you'd have to plug in somewhere and you'd be stuck at a campground our goal is designed to design vans and to market vans that people can just hop in park on the side of the road park in a walmart parking lot park in the middle of a national forest whatever yeah. and be able to have whatever they need our two passenger vans have no real electricity we include a rechargeable battery so you can charge your phone mm-hmm. but everything else is battery powered like just simple double A's yeah. and it allows you to completely be off the grid and be super comfortable. Um, so we really have something for various needs, you know, a smaller family with small kids, you know, a couple or a couple of guys, you know, there's plenty of space to put your mountain bikes in, put them out on the back on the bike rack, go into an adventure. Um, and the same for larger families or uh, music festivals. You know, you get four, five of your friends and you, you're all sleeping in a van for Bonnaroo. And, uh, you know, it's making memories, making memories or, or forgetting yeah. uh, that you made memories. You know? And the gear yeah. is important too. I mean, we rented all the gear. So bikes, yeah. kayaks, stand up paddle boards, um, oh, inflatable nice. kayaks, all that kind of stuff. And if we don't have it, we can, we source it. And we've had people, uh, we had one woman come down, she needed a 16 inch bike for her kid found her a bike and she was went on a you know a month trip uh with her kid all the way around the southeast uh which is really great and i think that's one thing that sets us apart too that you know when you talk about one things things that we have to plan for and, and potential struggles is making sure we keep that concierge and that that focus on our, our riders and our drivers um, as we grow, yeah. right? Because it's easy for us right now to concierge for, uh, you know, for five vans, six vans, um, but as we grow, we're gonna have to grow people to be able to help that. I mean, one really cool story uh, quickly was that we had, um, kind of ties in marketing, it was at a tech game, um, tailgate and I had a van down I had a, I was actually just going there to meet up with some friends that went to tech and I was like oh any Tommy Kane I'm gonna bring the van down and set it up yeah. and a woman came by she's like oh my god what is this and you know I explained to her let her look through it and uh, she said her daughter 
was actually in AA. Uh, she was in college, but had just graduated from Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Hmm. And her and her friends had all graduated, so she was trying to figure out what they were going to do to celebrate, and this is what they wanted to do. Wow. Um, so I actually uh, booked their whole trip um, out to um, the Grand Canyon and back. So... Nick did all the research for them, found out exact, gave them a route on Google Maps, gave them all the campsites to go to. Uh, you know, they were uh, you know younger younger kids, and um, and all the way there and back. You know, and yeah. and that's the hard thing too for somebody who's never gone on a trip like this, or, or and that's another big piece. Like I don't I don't even know what to do. We have <laughs> friends of ours that are like, man, I want to take a van, but I have no idea where to go. They don't even know where to start. Um, and I think it's a big, you know, Atlanta struggle too, is like, where do I start? I don't even know where, where to camp. Yeah. Um, and so we help with that, you know, just the Georgia State Park website and we walk them through it or we give them links and we'll even call and book the campsites for them if we need to, um, and help out with those things. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, is it so foreign to a lot of people in Atlanta because they're either in tech or they're in business or whatever, um, that that's where we really come in handy is knowing those different pieces and being able to help yeah. them, you know, figure out what to do. The brand was strong, and the market was taking notice. The team even made a connection with the former founder of Terrapin Brewing, who now proudly sells a Scamper IPA out of Upcountry Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina. But now what? How does this team of two take the brand they have built on great service and scale it? By the end of 2017, we knew we there's no way we can grow this business on our own. We yep. needed to go out and find some money. Um, so we just lucked out with relationships and meeting people along the way. We got involved with Switchyards. We got involved at Techstars. Um, like got, they, they picked 10 for two, 2018, and we were 11. Like We were really that close. Cox, who's a big you know, funder for the, uh, the Techstars program, loved what we were doing. They're in the automotive space. Like, I mean, really had just developed some great relationships and got great um, advice along the way mm. from some, some fantastic people. So at the beginning of 2018, we knew, okay, we need to go out and raise money. We're not venture worthy. We're not a quick fix. We're not, you know, easy, get to get a bunch of money from people, turn around and, um, and give it back. So we needed to go find some angel, sure. some angel investors. And we lucked into, um, you know, a few people that helped us raise, almost a half a million dollars to really invest in the infrastructure of the business and to buy purchase more vans because yeah. at the end of the day we need vans we need to keep up with the demand more vans more revenue more revenue higher growth you know faster growth and then from there what you know what can we do yeah. so you know that's where we're at right now we're spending other people's money you know for the most part um, the goal is right now um, one we want we need a shop and we found a place over on Lee Street, West End, which is great. We're yeah. excited about moving in there. Uh, give us an opportunity to have a presence where people can come look at the vans. Yeah. Talking about a retail shop and, you know, have people be able to buy their camp gear if they need it. Um, and just, you know, really have a presence. Because we've been running these out of our, our houses. Yeah. And, you know, he's yeah. had five vans in his driveway. <laughs> yeah. um, I cur- I, the neighbors yeah. love you, <laughs> man. They love yeah. you. So, and we're pretty blessed on that. Too, good. But, yeah. good. I, I live in a neighborhood where, HOA will Can't not. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they complain all the time, but it's just, it is what it is. I mean, I had four vans in my driveway yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we've got, you know, storage and all that stuff. So anyway, getting into a location is I think key thing for us. <laughs> um, number two for us is continue to grow the fleet. 
Um, we have an opportunity right now and have kind of started to plant the seed a little bit about growing into other markets. Our first market is going to be Asheville. So nice. our goal is to have a couple of vans in Asheville. Uh, my, my goal is Asheville, Greenville, Charlotte in the Southeast mm-hmm. and just kind of expand the brand, build the brand. And then we've talked to some people about just franchising it, you know, like going, hey, this is a cool brand. If you look at the other camper van companies out there, they're all wonderful companies and they're built by guys who build vans and they're, you know, people who love the outdoors, but they're not built by branding and marketing guys. Sure. So, you know, there's a big part of us are like, we can actually own this market on the brand alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continue to build the brand in a regional sense. We already have people weekly. Hey, I, how do we get you in Michigan? How do we get you in Chicago? How do yeah. we get you in, you know, Missouri, whatever? And it's like, well, maybe we create an opportunity. You buy in a couple of vans. We do all the marketing for you. We expand that way. And it would sure. just be a whole lot easier for us, you know? Yeah. So the immediate- Turn the day-to-day over to, to somebody else and then just help them with the identity you've already built. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is, I think, long-term goal. Right now, it's build vans, grow regionally, uh, continue to try to meet demand, uh, mm. you know, do everything in our power to have great customer service, to continue with our great reviews and have people tell other people about the great experience they have, yeah. not only dealing with us, but with our vehicles. Um, and just, just keep rolling at this point. That's the goal. Dave and Dutch roll into 2019 with some great momentum. But like any other startup, they know there is a long road ahead. Luckily, they've got some comfortable digs to break up the trip. To book your next adventure, visit their website, scampervan.com, or follow them on social media, at scampervan. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. We're a full-service digital media production company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you're looking to tell the story of your business, we'd love to help. You can find us at connectsatl.com. Special thanks go out to Chris Hilliard, Joshua Pruitt, and our families who make it all possible. Stay tuned in the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women. You can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you might happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're at ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, You can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you all soon.